The Indianapolis Colts have to get Jonathan Taylor going to beat the red-hot Las Vegas Raiders. Let's get to it. You are Locked On Colts, your daily Indianapolis Colts podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thank you all for tuning in and making us your first listen of the day. This is your daily podcast covering your Indianapolis Colts and Las Vegas Raiders, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. This Crossover Thursday episode is brought to you by Prize Picks, the easiest and most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports. Go to prizepicks.com slash locked on NFL and use code in all lowercase locked on NFL for a first deposit match up to one hundred dollars hello everyone i'm zach hicks here of the locked on colts podcast i am joined by your boy q over on the las vegas raiders uh locked on channel there we're going to talk colts raiders pretty big playoff matchup except i mean especially for the colts raiders technically have a chance still but uh they're kind of playing for their uh, interim coach right now but <laughs> it's kind of funny you know when you're looking at these two teams the colts are the one that are sitting in the seven seed of the playoff spot. They're the ones that need to win these last two games to get into the playoffs. Again, the Raiders technically still have an avenue, but they're the red hot team right now. They're the ones that are coming off two massive victories, dropping 63 points against the Chargers, beating the Kansas City Chiefs. I mean, this Raiders team is, is playing some good football. So today, guys, we're going to talk all about the biggest storylines in this game. We're going to talk about the biggest matchups. We're going to close it out with our predictions. Uh, but Q, since you're the road team, you're my guest on today's show. Uh, what is your biggest storyline for this one for the Las Vegas Raiders? Well, it's funny. I mean, there's so many different avenues that you can go with the storylines, but I, I think it's really just the way that this team is playing for this coach, right? I mean, Antonio Pierce takes over November 1st after Josh McDaniels gets fired, and, and a lot of us had no idea exactly what to expect, but I could tell that it was a breath of fresh air immediately. I could tell the difference between the players. I could tell the vibe in the building was just different, and all they are right now is 4-3 and three under Antonio Pierce, and now the last few weeks – they're playing with a ton of confidence. They're playing like, like they're the baddest team out there, right? Like they're the team that's expected to go and make a deep run in the playoffs. And, you know, right now they're mathematically alive, but they need a lot of help to get into the playoffs. But none of that matters right now. They're playing for that coach. They're trying to prove to ownership Mark Davis that he is the guy that should be the, the dude moving forward. And we know, man, for covering the NFL, the interim coaches don't get the head coaching job, the permanent job very often. And even when they do, a lot of times they don't have a lot of success, but he's trying to prove that he's different, that that's the norm and he is not the norm. And, and he's trying to, you know, as he mentioned earlier this week, my resume is on the grass. So, I mean, I just I think that the, the biggest storyline when it comes to the Raiders is, yeah, they can make the playoffs potentially. Hell, there's a chance they could win the division. Right. If the Chiefs lose out and the Raiders win out, they literally could win the division, which is wild to think since they fired their coach after uh, on Halloween. But that's a possibility. But with all that being said, the biggest storyline is still the way this team is performing. Those guys in the locker room for their head coach, Antonio Pierce. Yeah, and it's been really interesting, too, because when you're watching this Raiders team since the firing of Josh McDaniels, obviously, we always see that interim coach, that first game in. You see the yeah. interim coach usually win that first game. We saw it last year with Jeff Saturday. Heck, you guys saw it last yeah. year with Jeff we Saturday. Very, very <laughs> up close and personal, brother. <laughs> yes, yes. They always win that first game, mm -hmm. and they come out strong, and then it just implodes down the stretch. Like we saw last year here in Indy with Jeff yep. Saturday, where they're losing by 30-plus points each game down the stretch, whereas um, you know other teams – 
typically are not doing that. But with you guys, it seems like they're getting better each game with Antonio Pierce's tenure here. Again, 63 points does not happen very often, no matter who you're playing against. I mean, again, they're playing against a team that was kind of giving up, but still to drop 63, that's that's insane. And then to be the Kansas City Chiefs, even in their down year, still being the Kansas City Chiefs, um, it, it seems like this team's just getting better and better every single week. No, they are. And, you know, they dropped 63 against the Chargers, and there's a reason why the Chargers quit. Right. There was yeah. a reason why they quit. The Raiders submitted them. They just like, OK, we're going to it's going to be our day today. You're not coming in our building and, and taking our lunch money. We're going to do that. And after the Chargers made so many mistakes, it was like, all right, game set match. And then the Chiefs, they had a plan. Man, Antonio Pierce told us in the media room, hey, enough is enough. Enough is enough. We've had a lead on these guys. 17, nothing. We lost. Had a lead on these guys. 14, nothing. We lost. Enough is enough. We can go into their house, be the bully, and take their lunch money. And that's exactly what they did. And, you know, the, you saw the frustrations from the Chiefs. But uh, the Raiders believe that they could beat anybody. I mean, they, they really do. And right now, with the way that their defense is playing in particular, I, I don't really question it. I don't question I think that this is the best I've seen this team play, especially on defense, obviously, in a ton of years. But just as a unit and trying to play for each other, it's been nice to see. And, again, it's been something I haven't seen in a very long time. So again, that that's gotta be the biggest storyline for the Raiders is just playing for coach Antonio Pierce, how they could finish off this season. Can they win two more games and, you know, end the season on a four game winning streak and let the chips fall where they may possibly, but uh, you know, they've got to go out there and win the games, you know, to, to get it done. But for the Colts, what's, what's the biggest storyline for the Colts is like you mentioned, they're in the seventh seed right now. Yeah. You know, I think the biggest thing for the Colts right now is what team are we? What team are we going to be in these last two games? Because we've seen so many different sides of this Colts team. Now, I know they've gone through a lot of adversity, losing their starting quarterback early this season for the year. Obviously, that changes all your plans. Jonathan Taylor missing most of the season. Uh, Shaquille Leonard, everything happening with that and leading to his ultimate release. Uh, but when you look at this Colts team, it's been a, it's been a team of streaks and runs this year. They started off strong after, you know, after a rough Jaguars game to start the year, uh, but then fell to three and five early in the season. Then they went on a four game winning streak. I mean, again, they beat teams that they should have beaten, but they still beat those teams. Right. Four game winning streak over Panthers, Patriots, Buccaneers and, and Titans. Uh, and then we've seen this very bipolar team in the last three weeks where getting blown out by the Cincinnati Bengals, but then blowing out the Pittsburgh Steelers and then getting blown out by the Atlanta Falcons. What football team are we right now? Like, are we the playoff team? Are we the seven seed in this AFC, this really tight AFC race right now? Or are we the team that's just going to fold down the stretch and and kind of succumb to being the backup quarterback team that was overachieving throughout the year? I think that's a big test for this team, especially with a rookie head coach. Again, with a lot of adversity they've been facing all year. How are they going to finish these last two games? Because with the way that the math falls for them, if they win these last two games, they're almost a lock for the playoffs. They would need mm-hmm. a lot of things to fall against them uh, if they win these last two games to not make it. Uh, they're like a 99% chance, I believe. So they got to take care of business. They can't be watching the scoreboard. They can't be looking ahead to any next week. I mean, it's two games left to show what kind of football team you are. Uh, I, I know, I, again, I know we can look at it and say this team's kind of overachieved this season, but mm-hmm. let's go all the way with it. Let's overachieve to the max and make right. it into the playoffs. Yeah, why uh, and, stop now? <laughs> yeah, yeah. And this on a good streak. You know, you've been, right. again, you've been overachieving all year, but let's let's push this to the playoffs now it's kind of the same way to the Raiders like mm-hmm. win those last two games see where the chips fall it, it ultimately it misses the playoffs whatever you know you, right. you you put out 10 wins this season uh but for the Colts you know you got to finish strong after this really bipolar strips they're coming off of these last three weeks what has the value 
of Gardner Minshew been, right? I mean, look, this year across the league, it's been proven that you need to have a really quality backup. Anthony Richardson starts the season. He's out early with the injury. He misses the rest of the season. But Gardner Minshew slides right in. How comfortable has that allowed, you know, the head coach there, Shane Steichen, to be knowing that Gardner Minshew at least, I mean, he's not a world beater, but he's been there and done that. Yeah, you know, I mean, if you look around the league, it's what, 59 quarterbacks have started games this year. Uh, Yeah, Gardner Minshew has the most wins out of all the backup quarterbacks that have started games. Now, Joe Flacco is making a run for his money right now, but but Gardner Minshew has the most wins among all those all those backups that have started. And I think a lot of it came down to just his familiarity with Shane Steichen, where Steichen, yes, he had to completely change his offense from the preseason plan when Minshew stepped in, but he was changing it to a way that he already was prepared to potentially change it to, you know, just go heavy RPOs, go a little bit more in the gun, go more with, uh, you know, getting the ball out quick and not, and kind of taking away some of those deep balls. Cause that's just not what Gardner Minshew is. It's not the most efficient and effective way of playing offense in the NFL. It's not a sustainable way of playing offense in the NFL, but it is a way that Shane Steichen was able to find, you know, success with this year. It was able to to sneak some wins out against, you know, Baltimore Ravens, Houston Texans early in the season, Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Those are all playoff teams right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Colts were able to win those type of games with Gardner Minshew at quarterback because Shane Steichen had that plan in place. So I'm not going to say that, that Gardner Minshew has been a world beater this year because he hasn't. He's been probably just a below average quarterback. But in the landscape of the NFL, when you're going to your backup quarterback to have below average that's such a big advantage for your team just yeah. to have below average. Yeah. So, I mean, the, just having that on the bench has been a big plus for the Colts this year. But don't worry, guys. We're going to keep talking Colts, Raiders coming up. We're going to talk all about the biggest matchups in this game, uh, who we're looking at in this Colts, Raiders game. But first, Prize Picks is the largest daily fantasy sports platform in North America. They're the easiest and most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports. And it's you against the numbers. Instead of betting thousands of other players or battling thousands of other players, including pros and sharks, you pick more or less than on two to six player stat projections and watch the winnings roll in. Uh, they have a couple really cool features there at Prize Picks, including, you know, with the basketball season here, you can pick combo projections across football and basketball from the Specials League, a league created specifically for combo projections that includes two or more players from different sports or leagues. For example, here in the indie market, you can combine Tyrese Halliburton and Michael Pittman Jr. with, you know, 10 and a half three-pointers made in receptions. That is easy, easy money for you guys right there over on Prize Picks. Also, with Prize Picks, if you want to play alongside some of Prize Picks' favorite players like rapper Meek Mill and comedian Andrew Schultz, you can find community plays under the Promos tab on the app and view entries from some of the biggest names in the Prize Picks community each and every week. My favorite Prize Picks thing I'm looking at this week is Jonathan Taylor more or less than 72.5 yards rushing against the Las Vegas Raiders. Now, Taylor did not have his best game last week against Atlanta Falcons. This Raiders defense is surging right now, but the Colts are going to lean on their star back uh, to bounce back in the win column. So I'm going more on Jonathan Taylor with those 72 and a half rushing yards, but you guys can go to prizepicks.com slash locked on NFL and use code locked on NFL for a first deposit match up to $100. Again, guys, that's prizepicks.com slash locked on NFL and use code locked on NFL for a first deposit match up to $100. All right, Q, we're talking biggest matchups, Raiders, Colts, big playoff implications this weekend. Again, what kind of matchups are you looking at in this game, Q? You know, it's so funny, man. I I look at this Raiders team and the roster, and I look at Devontae Adams and Josh Jacobs, if he's able to go. He hasn't gone the last two weeks, but I look at him. 
look at Jacoby Myers, you know, look at Aiden O'Connell, the quarterback. Like, I look at all these offensive weapons, and I say, is that my biggest matchup? And I say no. Like, this is the first time in so long that I say that that's a no. I look at the biggest matchups for this game, and I really look at this Raiders defensive line. Right from Max Crosby to Malcolm Coombs to Tyree Wilson to, you know, other other big guys, uh, Jenkins, John Jenkins. I mean, just all these other guys that are making plays, Adam Butler, uh, all these dudes along the defensive line that are really making it happen for the Raiders defense. Like they are the reason why this Raiders defense is all of a sudden having so much success and more success than they had early in the season. They're getting pressure on the quarterback. They're slowing down the run and they're making things happen like they're running around with swagger that. They have all the confidence in the world that they could beat anybody, which is, again, for somebody who's been covering the Raiders and, and a fan of the Raiders for a very long time, it's just so new to me to see a defense that's playing the way that they're playing. I mean, they're, what, averaging about 15 points a game that they're giving up? I mean, it's just, it's incredible. You couldn't have told me that this was going to be the storyline for the team uh, early in the season. I've been like, yeah, right, that's not going to happen. It's it's just, it is so bizarre. But really, Malcolm Kuntz has come on so strong as of late. Uh, he's he's flying in off the edge. He's so fast that uh, he's making life difficult. And of course, Max Crosby, I don't have to describe what he's going to bring to the table. He's one of the best in the business. But really, similar to last week, I thought that the biggest key to the game for the Raiders against the Chiefs was that interior push. Tyree Wilson has been playing a lot on the inside. He was drafted to be an outside guy, but he's been playing a lot on the inside and he's starting to have a lot of success there. So I just think it's that whole defensive line going up against the Colts offensive line, which I know the Colts offensive line is good. Right. I mean, there's a reason why Jonathan Taylor is able to run. There's a reason why the Colts have had plenty of success is because that offensive line has done some really good things. I just think that this Raiders defensive line and the offensive line, they're going to have a they're going to get in the middle of the ring and they're going to tie their shoelaces together. And like the last guys standing are going to be the ones that win. And uh, so that's really where I look at it. I think everything's going to be built off the trenches. And if the Raiders defensive line can continue to have success like they've been having the last few games, I think they have a great shot in this game. Yeah, and one big thing I want to add on that, you know, we're recording this here on Wednesday night, guys. So I know by the time you're listening to this, you might hear a new injury report. But as of right now, Colts right tackle Braden Smith was a full participant in the Wednesday walkthrough. Uh, if he does go, I think this would be the second or third game this season where the Colts all five projected starting lineup at offensive line is actually starting a game. Uh, right. There's been a lot of missed time from Braden Smith, from Ryan Kelly, from uh, Bernhard Ryman missed a few games at left tackle as well. So this could be the first time we see the Colts offensive line at full strength. And you need a guy like Braden Smith against Max Crosby because rookie Blake Freeland has not had the best run of late uh, at right mm -hmm. tackle. Uh, and Max Crosby is a very different animal there. <laughs> off the yes. Like they're, He's one of one, one of the greatest uh, pass rushers in the NFL right now. Uh, there is one more defender I wanted to ask you about before we go over to the Colts, though. Uh, cornerback Jack Jones is having yeah. a pretty good recent run of late. Uh, I believe, what, two defensive touchdowns the last two weeks? Yeah. Uh, a guy that you guys got, I think, what, off waivers from the Patriots or, yep. or something yep. like that? Just yep. been playing some great football the last two weeks. and. When I'm looking at Gardner Minshew, he's been, you know, he's been doing fine with the turnovers. But when I see those those touchdowns from Jack Jones the last two weeks on late balls to the flat or late balls on hitches, it kind of scares me a little bit. Well, I'll tell you this, man. He's been a, a great addition to this Raiders defense. He's a guy that was very familiar with Antonio Pierce going back to Long Beach Poly. Uh, he's called Antonio Pierce like a, a father figure to him. He was with AP there when they were in Arizona State. So, I mean, again, he's very familiar with Coach Pierce. And so Coach kind of knows how to get the most out of him. And, you know, he's one of those guys I like to say has a little something in their neck, man. He's got a little edge to him, right? But uh, Coach Pierce knows how to kind of calm him down and 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 get him into the right zone and get his right, right uh, frame of mind. But he's also a film junkie. 
like a film junkie. He told me after the first pick six that he had against the Chargers at Allegiant Stadium. He said, oh, yeah, we as soon as I saw them line up, I knew exactly what play they were running. So I just went to where the ball was supposed to be. And he's all, I was actually upset. I thought I overran it and I wasn't going to catch the ball. I thought I got there uh, too early. So he kind of he kind of pulled his arm back. It, it, it looked like he was more going for a slam dunk as opposed to intercepting the ball. And then this one on uh, on Christmas morning against against uh, Patrick Mahomes. I mean, he he didn't even he ba- he really baited him and he wasn't in the right stance like he wasn't really standing the right way or 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 backpedaling the right right way to even make that play but he knew it was coming and that's all from film study and so he just said it was a bad decision that he threw it I, I was already breaking on it and you know I made it happen and that's when he took it to the house and he told Patrick Mahomes about himself on the way to the end zone this dude's a guy man he, he's a real dude and he's brought a lot of juice to that Raider secondary so uh yeah that's a guy to definitely pay attention to I'm sure that he's uh you know, he's, he's going to be looking to try to get three pick sixes in a row. You know, he's already two two weeks in a row he's been in the end zone. I think he's starting to get used to that. So he'll be looking to try to make a play on a Sunday for sure. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Now switching to the other side of the ball, talking about the Colts defense for, versus the Raiders offense, my biggest matchup I'm looking for is how does this Colts defense respond against yet another backup quarterback? They have played almost exclusive backup quarterbacks this entire mm-hmm. season. And it's been mixed results. Like I said, this bipolar type team where during their four game winning streak, you know, they were going against these guys aren't backups, but they're backup quality type guys right now, like Bryce Young, uh, Mm -hmm. Mac Jones. You know, those guys are not the strongest players. Will Levis was was the fourth guy in that bunch there. And the Colts did a really good job, you know, sitting back, not getting beat deep with explosives and attacking underneath and forcing turnovers on those underneath throws. Uh, But these last couple of weeks, again, it's kind of been hit or miss. Mitchell Trubisky, they had a great game against, but then uh, Jake Browning tore them to pieces with the screen game this past week. Taylor Heineke had way too good of a game for Taylor Heineke to have against your defense. Mm. So what are they going to be like against Aiden O'Connell in this one? Aiden O'Connell coming off a game where he only threw for 62 yards in the first quarter. And that was that was pretty much it in the first half. And that was pretty much it. What kind of Colts defense are going to see? Are we going to see another Colts defensive game plan where they sit back way too much and Aiden, Aiden O'Connell is allowed to just live in the flats and live in the short game uh, and that's just not good enough for your defense right now or are they going to be a little more aggressive are they going to put more on this rookie quarterback's plate and ask him to beat them I'm really curious to see what kind of game plan the Colts defense come out with because if they're going to do what they did against Jake Browning and do what they did against Taylor Heineke which is just sit back as far as possible and and let them live in the short to flat. I mean, Aiden O'Connell will complete 80% of his passes. It might only be for like six yards of attempt, but right, like, right. you know, he'll be able to move the ball more than he even was last week against uh, the Kansas City Chiefs. So they got to be a little more aggressive. They got to come after him. They got to force this rookie to do a little bit more than what they forced Taylor Heineke to do or Jake Browning to do uh, three weeks ago. Yeah, and it's going to be interesting. You know, I mean, obviously that's something I'm paying attention to as well. I mean, as you mentioned, man, he didn't he didn't complete a pass after the first quarter. On, on Christmas Day, right? I mean, he had 10, he ended the game with 10 straight completions. Like, that's not going to work. You, I mean, your defense scored two touchdowns, so that's great, but you can't count on that every week. Like, yeah, I can't say, oh, yeah, they're going to go into this game against the Colts and you're going to get two touchdowns. They're going to get a fumble and a pick six. Like, that doesn't, that's not realistic. So the offense is going to have to do something. He's going to have to do something. It's going to be interesting to see how he bounces back. I think the one thing that he has going for him is that he's been the starter since November 1st. Yeah. I mean, the, ever since Antonio Pierce took over as the interim coach that day, he said, hey, uh, he's our guy. Aiden O'Connell is our quarterback moving forward. He gives us the best chance to win. And he hasn't wavered from that. There's times I thought that, you know, they should have took uh, Aiden out and put Jimmy G back in against the Minnesota Vikings where the Raiders couldn't score any points into the game 3-0. I thought that was a game Jimmy G should have gone in. And, and some folks thought that there was, you know, times on Christmas morning where they probably should have gone in and put Jimmy G in because Aiden O'Connell wasn't getting it done. But uh, Antonio Pierce has rode with them. 
Uh, he's let him figure it out. He said that he didn't have that look in his eye like he was anxious. He he was uh, had that poker face, and that's what he was comfortable with. So uh, we'll see how he bounces back. I want to see what the game plan looks like. Like, how do they set him up for success? You know, and if the Colts do sit back and let him just kind of have the, the 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 flats open, then he'll take that because at this point you need to have a couple layups, right? Yeah. You need to just see the ball go through the hoop a couple times. And if he can see the ball go through the hoop a few times, it might open it up the rest of the game. So I don't think that that's a great approach for the Colts to take is to sit back. But again, I don't know what their ultimate game plan is. And there's a reason why they're the coaches and not me. We shall see. We shall see. But coming up, guys, we're going to talk about how we think this game is going to go and our ultimate predictions, again, for this big playoff-like atmosphere for the Raiders and the Colts. But first, when you guys are hiring for your small business, you want to have as many top-tier candidates as possible to interview. That's why you got to check out LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs has the tools to help you find the right professionals for your team faster and for free. LinkedIn isn't just another job board. LinkedIn has a vast network of more than a billion professionals, which makes it the best place to hire. Guys, I've been on both sides of the interview table, hiring people for businesses and also uh, being hired myself. And let me tell you, LinkedIn is the best place to go uh, for all of these type of things. Hiring is easy when you have as many qualified candidates as possible. So easy, in fact, that 86% of small businesses, businesses get a qualified candidate within 24 hours. LinkedIn knows that small businesses are always wearing so many hats and might not have the time or the resources to hire. But thankfully with LinkedIn, the processes are are as intuitive and quick and easy as possible. They even just launched a feature that helps you write job descriptions, making the process even easier and more streamlined. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash locked on NFL. That's linkedin.com slash locked on NFL to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. All right, Q, so we're talking Colts, Raiders still. Big playoff implications yet again with this matchup this Sunday. Uh, and it's going to be at Lucas Oil Stadium here in Indianapolis. Aiden O'Connell returning back to the place, pretty much where he played a lot of his college football there yeah. here in Indy. Uh, but, Q, how do you think this game goes? I mean, again, the Raiders are red hot right now. I know that they're not mathematically eliminated from the playoffs, but, again, they're they're red hot. They're going to make a push for it. How do you think uh, this game goes here on Sunday? Yeah, I think the Raiders playoffs started two weeks ago, right? I mean, they, they really just have to win every game and then see what happens. That That's what it is. So it's, it is definitely a playoff game for them. If they lose, then, you know, it's game, set, match. But this is how I look at this game. I look at it as the defense has to continue to do what it's done, right? The last two weeks, it's really ratcheted things up. It's created uh, takeaways. It's got sacks on the quarterback. It's just really been... It's been that 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 pressure cooker. It's been very difficult to move the ball on. It's very difficult to score against. I mean, they're they're just they're out there playing loose and free. So I think that first of all, for the Raiders to win this game on Sunday, that 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 has to continue. That defense has to continue to play the way that they're playing. Patrick Graham has been dialing up a hell of a game plan each and every uh, week for for the Raiders defense. And you know, Antonio Pierce has got the the pulse of him. He's a defensive minded coach, so you know he's he's really loving what he's seeing on that side of the ball. But Zach, at the end of the day, you got to score points to win in the league. You got to score points. And and again, you can't just rely on your defense and say, okay, they're going to score each and every week. So somehow, some way, this Raiders offense has got to find a way to get going. Aiden O'Connell, maybe because he'll be back where he's very familiar, as you mentioned, Lucas Oilfield, maybe he'll have a little bit more success there. He'll be a little bit more comfortable. It'll be inside. It's not cold like it was at Arrowhead. So maybe, you know, he'll be able to, you know, hit a couple of the receivers. Cause this is what happened, man. On, on Christmas morning, there was times where Devonte was open. He threw it behind him. There was times when other guys were open and they just, it wasn't a good pass. The layups were there. 
to hit, and he wasn't able to hit some. Now, a few of them were drops as well. I don't want to put it all on Aiden O'Connell, but he's, they've got to find a way to be on the same page, get things going. I'll tell you right now, the Raiders' offense goes through the ground game, uh, whether it's Josh Jacobs or Zamir White, and that's how Antonio Pierce is built. That's the identity of the Raiders. They want to be tough, smash mouth. They want to run the rock, and that opens up everything else. Now, that doesn't necessarily mean, though, that they're going to start the game off with run, 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 pass. You know, they're not going to do it like that. They could start out very easily throwing the ball, but at some point they want to hit that 20, 25 uh, carries per game mark. They they feel very comfortable to win that game when they have that that mark. So I'm going to look at, you know, the ground game to get going. Uh, it was able to get going late against Kansas City, helped them salt away that win on Christmas, but uh, get going a little bit earlier, have a little bit of success, and Aiden, Aiden got to complete some passes and get in the end zone, man. Those, those field goals aren't going to win too many games in the league, but I, I think that they have a real good opportunity to win this game on the strength of their defense and that offense just being complimentary. It's not, it doesn't have to be lights out. That's no disrespect to the Colts. It just has to be, it has to be complimentary of the job that the defense is doing. Right now, this Raiders team is led by the defense. Yeah, yeah. And I, I want to say to any Colts fan, any Colts fans that are listening to this episode, I mean, this is a tougher game on paper. Than, and this is a tougher game just in reality than what maybe it looks like on paper. The Raiders mm-hmm. are a different team the last couple of weeks. I know three weeks ago they were shut out. But these last two yeah. games, they have really been uh, just a very different football team. They're playing really well under their interim head coach. Uh, and a lot of it will come down to what the Colts are made out of in this one. And if Michael Pittman Jr. plays. That's another yeah. really big thing. Yeah, big one. There. Mm-hmm. Will, will the Colts be able to score without Michael Pittman Jr. would be a big thing. So hopefully he can go. But assuming that he does go this week, you know, Shane Steichen's done a really good job this year of not letting the Colts get too low. You know, we come off games where it's like, this is the all-time low for this team. That You can't get much worse. I mean, the Saints game where Derek Carr looked like Drew Brees in that game, uh-huh. just, just yeah. chucking it, not missing any throws. They were getting run all over. It was a beatdown and epic proportions. They come back and they beat the Carolina Panthers after that. Uh, you go to that Bengals game where the screen game is killing them. They lose by 20 in a really big AFC playoff game type atmosphere. They come back the next week. They win 30-13 over the Pittsburgh Steelers, a team they hadn't beaten since 2009. Uh, they were able to beat them just like that uh, coming off of that bad loss. So, they're coming off another really brutal loss. Luckily, this one didn't hurt them in the playoff race. Uh, but how do they respond? That's always the biggest thing with, with NFL teams. How do you respond? How do you you know, deal with adversity? And I think that Shane Steigen's done a great job all year of getting this team able to respond and kind of forgetting what happened the week before. So as long as they can come into this game, play their game, play mistake-free football, keep the success rate high on offense and just keep that ball moving, I think they can do enough to outscore Aiden O'Connell and the Raiders offense. Now, again... Mac Crosby is a game record. Jack Jones is starting to look like a game record as well. Those two guys are looking like game records on that defense and they're playing some good football, but we have seen this Colts offense do some good things against top defenses this year. They put up nearly 40 points against the Cleveland Browns. They put up 31 against the Pittsburgh Steelers. They have been able to score on top defenses this year. Uh, So a big thing with this one will be just, again, keeping everything contained, keeping everything in front of you, playing within your game, not forcing things, and please, for the love of God, defense, get some pressure on Aiden O'Connell. Like, can we can we not get picked apart by another backup quarterback? Let's make sure, you know, that they're taking away the flats, making him have to force some things down the field and, and kind of hurry up his process a little bit. But I think as long as the Colts stay within their cells, stay within their game, play some controlled football, they should be able to come out victorious in this one. But Q, do you have a score prediction for us or do you not do, you not do those things? I, I normally don't. But I, I will, right? I, I normally don't, but I, I'll, I'll try my best at it because it's so funny. A lot of times I end up overshooting for both teams, and then when I try to say, oh, it's going to be a low-scoring game, then I end up going too low. So 
Uh, I'm going to go, I think, and I'll just say it, I'll, full disclosure, I've already said on record that I think that the Raiders are going to win the last two games of the season. So I'm not going to change it now. Uh, I think that the Raiders are going to win this one 17-10. I think it's going to be a close game. I think the Colts are going to have the ball at the end with an opportunity to go down the field and tie it, and somehow the Raiders make a defensive play. I just I have that much confidence in the defense right now. And, again, this is strange territory for me. It's like I, I don't swim, but I feel like I'm in the ocean right now, and you know, and I'm not drowning. And it's like, wow, how, how, how is this possible? Like I don't even know how to swim, and, and I'm doing the Michael Phelps out here, right? It just it feels weird just to say that the strength of this Raiders team is the defense, but it really is, and they're making plays, and they're expecting to make plays. So that's, that's what really has me like in awe of like how is this even happening? So I'm going to go ahead and ride that strength and say that they're going to keep doing that and, and being who they are, and Max is going to be Max, and – Malcolm Koontz is going to be Koontz. And you mentioned Jack Jones and Meek Robertson is making plays. And I'll say this, the one guy I'll tell you to look out for as well, Robert Spillane. He doesn't get talked about a lot, but man, he is playing his backside off, man. The, the Raiders picked him up as a free agent from Pittsburgh. I had no idea what to expect. Reached out to Chris Carter, locked on Steelers. He was like, yeah, he's a good thumper, but he's not really good in coverage. And everyone I talked to that covers Pittsburgh is like, yeah, he's okay, but he'll frustrate you. He has been money. He has been fantastic. He's got three interceptions on the season. He's he's one of the captains. He's He plays with a motor like Max Crosby, which is hard to think of because not many have a, a motor of Max Crosby. So that's the other name I'll say look out for. 41, Robert Spillane. He's playing with his hair on fire. But, yeah, 17-10, man. Ultimately, I think the Raiders get the victory and improve their overall record to 8-8. So uh, how do you see this one shaking out? Yeah, you know, every time I think it's going to be a def- defensive slugfest for the Colts this year, it ends up being this high-scoring, crazy game that right. the Colts, you know, where Minshew throws eight interceptions and the defense takes away the ball six times, too, and it's like, oh, my God, like the Cleveland Browns game. I mean, who would have thought right. that both teams would nearly hang 40 in that one right. uh, with P.J. Walker and Gardner Minshew in that one? But of course, right? Yeah, it's just it's crazy with this Colts team. But no, I think this is going to be a little high scoring just because of that. Um, But I do think ultimately the Colts are going to come out on top in this one because, look, at the end of the day, Shane Steichen is a really smart offensive play caller, really smart offensive coach uh, who's been able to get the most out of this team. And I don't want to believe that this Cinderella run is over yet. So Mm -hmm. I think the Colts are going to take this one. Let's go 26-20 in this one. A little bit higher scoring game. Some field goals from the Colts in this one uh, that get it done. But Q... I want to thank you yet again for joining me. I know we we always end up doing the crossovers together. So hopefully we get to see each other next year if they the two teams end up playing each other. But if you guys don't already, make sure you're following at Locked on Colts, at Jake Arthur NFL, which is my co-host normally, at Zach Hicks 2, and at your boy Q was at 254 there yep. on social medias. Yep. Also subscribe to our shows on YouTube, wherever you listen to your podcasts. We love your guys' ratings, reviews, and we'll check with you guys back here yet again tomorrow.